Welcome to Becoming Your Best with Jenny Lytle RN, where we focus on all things stress relief and self-care. It's time to ditch the one-size-fits-all approaches and stop comparing ourselves to others. We all have unique gifts, talents, wants, and desires. This podcast is a joyful reminder to never stop becoming the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Your Best with Jenny Lytle RN podcast. And today I've got special guest Michelle Connery with me. And Michelle is a burnout recovery coach and founder of Michelle Connery Coaching. Now, prior to starting her business, she was a successful corporate accountant with over 20 years of experience. And like a lot of accountants, she spent the majority of those years prioritizing her career over her mental and physical health. That was until 2018 when Michelle drove herself to the ER thinking she was having a heart attack. And that experience started her healthy living journey. But it wasn't until the pandemic hit that Michelle realized she needed to make a major change. She was exhausted, her anxiety was at an all-time high, and she was suffering from burnout. Michelle realized that it was time to ditch the high-pressure career and the toxic work environment to pursue her passion which is to help other ambitious professionals reignite their flame and go from burnt out to balanced. So Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to talk with you too, because our stories are kind of similar. Thankfully, I didn't drive myself to the ER, but (laughs) but I did experience some of that burnout. And I think it's something that, you know, we keep hearing more and more about because we're just so driven to be the best and to give our all and all of that. So tell me a little more about how all of this happened for you. Yeah. So like you mentioned for over 20 years, I was an accountant and um, part of growing up, you know, I was always told to work hard, you know, that what my grandparents taught me, my parents and just keep going, give it your best. And as a perfectionist, I took that to the next level, right? So I was always trying to do everything more than 100%. And part of me never really thought that I was good enough. So I was always trying to prove myself, whatever I did, trying to work harder, whether it was in school or my career, just trying to yeah, thinking that if I worked hard enough, at some point, I'd actually feel good enough. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And so a little bit of self-esteem and, and also being a people pleaser as well, right? I hated conflict, hated saying no, always tried to help everybody else. And yeah, when you get into a high pressure career, like accounting and finance, um, part of the expectation is that you put those hours in, uh, that you work hard and so that you can move up the corporate ladder. And again, that good enough and that not, you know, trying to be a perfectionist really kicked into high gear in my career. And um, at some point, my career became my identity without Mm. me even knowing it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's, you know, I I think we kind of had talked a little bit about that, the same thing happened to me. And, you know, definitely finance is not my area of expertise. But, um, but in healthcare, you know, it's kind of the same the same general thing where you're helping people, you know, you've got to give of yourself to others. It's kind of all these things that we're told that, 
your job needs to come first. And mm. even when balance is promoted verbally, <laughs> the, <laughs> it's not always the case. That's yes. really the reality of it. And so it's, you know, okay, well, you really got to make sure that you take care of yourself as long as you're able to put in all these extra hours and do everything that we want you to do. And then if mm. you have a little bit of time, it'd be great if you took care of yourself, but that's got to be your priority. So <laughs> the other things aren't said as much, but that's the expectation for a lot of people. And like you said, it's an expectation that a lot of us can put on ourselves. And I know I absolutely did. And when I finally got to a point where I decided, you know what, it's really time. It's really time that I, that I leave my position. Um, At first I was like, this is awesome. You know, I just felt like the sense of freedom. And then it took probably about three or four weeks before all of that kind of excitement and high wore off. And I realized (laughs) I have no idea who I am. Yes. Because so much of my identity was wrapped up in that because I was, you know, I worked hard, but I was a really good hospice nurse. And if I wasn't a hospice nurse, then what was I? And who was I? And so that, you know, that's kind of what led me down this, this journey too. And it's been, it's been wonderful, but it's also, I mean, I kind of started over feeling like I, I had nothing again. Yeah. And then I realized that, no, I really did have a lot. It was just, I had everything. I checked all the boxes I had, you know, I mean, a a house and a husband and kids and, and everything was good. It's just, it just, I found myself saying, is this it? You know, I, I was, I kept feeling like I was supposed to be achieving something more. And it took me a while to realize that just like, just me being me was enough. Yeah. It's it's a strange concept, right? Like like, who am I? And, and yeah, it was the same, same thing for me. Um, yeah. Over 20 years in a career and yeah, I'd been married and divorced. And then when I got divorced, I threw myself even more into my career. Right. And Mm -hmm kind of as an escape partly just, you know, oh, well, we'll just focus on this. It's going well. <laughs> yes. Right. I don't have to deal with all that other stuff if I'm focused on my career. And like you said, it was easier because that was the expectation. That was the unsaid written rules, you know? Yeah. Work-life balance. But when the leaders of the companies don't portray that themselves and they're sending you emails at two o'clock in the morning and expecting you to respond by nine the next morning, like that's not the message they're really believing, right? Mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. You're available 24 seven. And, and that was the expectation, especially, you know, when, as you climbed up the corporate ladder, that was more and more the expectation that that was your life, right? That there was nothing else. And so, like you said, when I stepped away from it, I knew I was burnt out, but part of me thought, oh, well, I just need a couple of weeks off and then I can hit the ground running and start my own business or whatever it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. And it would be something to do in health and wellness, but I wasn't quite sure what at that point. And yeah, after two weeks, my body said, "Eh, eh, eh, you're not ready to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) You need to slow down and take a break. Cause I mean, I really hadn't right. There were years when I didn't even really take vacations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've never really taken a break where I didn't have something to do right work-related yes 
Yes. And, and I, you know, we took, we hard. took trips, but I mean, I always had, I always had my phone with me. I usually had my computer yeah. with me. I wanted to keep caught up on emails and mm-hmm. that, you know, and I, well, it just made sense because then I didn't have to catch up when I got there, you know, and I knew what was going on. And I just, I didn't, it was so much a part of me that I yeah. didn't know how to disconnect. And mm-hmm. I mean, I even struggle with that now, you know, being my own boss, because I just, I love what I do. But it's very easy to fall back into those same patterns of, you know, when you can work anywhere and anytime, it's sometimes a challenge, especially when, you know, when I've got things that I'm excited about to not work everywhere and all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's the thing too, right? That's part of what the pandemic has shown us is like with work from home, that balance has even become worse because Mm -hmm. people can fall out of bed and then they're immediately in front of their computer. They don't have that commute time anymore Mm -hmm. or that break between, you know, going to work and coming home. And so they're working more, right? It's more accessible. It's in your face. And also too, a lot of companies are expecting you to put in more time now too. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, so how do I get this break? And how do I start uh, learning to take care of myself and take those breaks so that I don't end up in burnout. And that's, that's, that can be hard to learn and and undo um, years worth of that (laughs) behavior. Yes. So how, how did you go from where you were to Mm -hmm. where you are now? So you said you had to stop and, you know, kind of take a bit of a break. And, and so what did you do during that time? How did you how, yeah. how did things start transforming for you? So part of it was giving myself that permission to rest and recover. Um, because that was kind of a foreign concept to me, the, you know, taking a nap in the middle of the day, if I was really, really exhausted, like if I hadn't slept well, to me always felt like I was lazy, or I should be doing something else. And trying to give myself that's, like I say, space and grace to take that time to recover. Um, was so important. You know, that would be advice I would give others, but I would never take it for myself. So right. I had to start <laughs> taking my own advice that I would have given a best friend or a colleague, right? Like this mm-hmm. is your time. This is time for you to figure out who you are outside of your career, what you want to be and what really truly matters to you. Like what I had to go back and figure out what my core values were. What did I believe in? Were there beliefs that I was holding that weren't true anymore, right? Like that I wanted to challenge, like the thought that you can't have a work-life balance. I always thought that that was an oxymoron. And you can, you just have to figure out what it is for you. So it was a lot of um, time spent thinking and Mm -hmm. contemplating how I'd gotten where I was, working with my therapist, challenging some of those beliefs. Um, I also had a really good, I still have a really good um, business coach and she does a lot of mindset work and, you know, on self-sabotage, inner critics and all of that stuff and people Mm -hmm. pleasing. And what I didn't realize at the time, because I started following her before I left my job was that a lot of what she was teaching was actually what I needed to recover from burnout as well, right? So like she was teaching that in the in the concept of this is what you need to become an entrepreneur. Like you can't, you got to get over this stuff. But then I started to clue in like, hey, that actually really applies to where I got to in my career because I was a perfectionist. I had an all or nothing attitude. 
you know, so those were things that I had to start working on for me, whether or not I stayed in business or went into opening up my own business, it didn't matter. That was part of my recovery process. And, and for me, because that was part of um, what caused my burnout as well, right? Because burnout can be internal and externally driven. There's factors um, that are both internal and external that can cause your burnout. And for me, there was both, right? It wasn't just the work environment. There was also the internal stuff. And um, I had to work on both, right? And I had to figure Mm -hmm. out what was most important for me and figuring out what I love to do, right? Like, it seems like a funny concept, like, but I had to go back and start remembering what I enjoyed doing when I was younger and what lit me up and what brought me joy and a part of my discovery was yeah accounting never really truly brought me joy (laughs) (laughs) but again it was one of those things I fell into it because I wanted a steady career I wanted a good income I wanted to be able to support myself you know all of that type Mm -hmm. of things led me into it and yes I was good at it but it wasn't my passion like when I thought back over my career the things I loved the most was helping people coaching and mentoring people so that started to give me my first clue that okay if I'm going to do something it's going to be in that area because I want to line it up this time I want to make sure I'm doing something that lights me up and that I enjoy and also reconnecting I moved across the country I lived in Ontario when the pandemic hit and for me moving across the country to Newfoundland um, where my parents had moved out to my youngest sister's here with her husband and twins who are now six and a half. And I just knew that I needed to be closer to them to reconnect with them because I was just, yeah, I had, you know, my other sister and cousins and aunts in Ontario, but I knew I needed to be, I was always close to my parents and I was really feeling it. So for me, that was also part of, I think my burnout was not having those connections anymore Mm -hmm. or the fact that I couldn't just drop everything and go see them. So, yeah, so that was also part of my recovery was <laughs> moving over 2000 kilometers in a pandemic. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, I don't regret one minute of it. Um, like I said, I've been able to be here, connect with them. I've seen my niece and nephew grow up. Um, when I moved out here, they weren't in school yet. So for the first year I was here, I was helping take care of them while my sister and brother-in-law were at work because they're teachers. Um, so having twins around that were four and a half at the time really helped me really connect with my inner child and what I love to do right Mm -hmm. so and and learning to be in the moment Uh and be present and just have fun right yes I realized that that had been missing for a while Mm -hmm. you know that pure joy (laughs) I I love I love the things that that you're talking about the um the space and grace I I, um, you know, that's something that I really resonate with and, and then kind of your process for figuring out what it was that you wanted to do. Um, you know, once you decided that accounting wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. it, which I can understand, I'm not a numbers person. So (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) I can definitely identify with not, uh, not being lit up by that, but I, you know, I have a, a program that's, that's basically, you know, kind of walks through a lot of those steps, like you were talking about with the, you know, relooking at your values, because there's so much yeah. of this that we, you know, we kind of decide on when we're young, or mm-hmm. sometimes it's 
decided on for us. And, you know, as we get to different stages, you know, I mean, hopefully throughout our lives, we're kind of growing and there's some parts of us that, that stay relatively unchanged, but there's a lot of things that do change and evolve and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's so great to really to dig into those kind of things and figure out what is it that, you know, what lights me up? What do I absolutely love doing? And, and I kind of go through the same exercise of what did you do as a child that you really enjoyed doing, you know, those kind of things that you can do for hours at a time and just kind of lose yourself. And I don't know where we get this notion as we get older that, that work has got to be something that's like miserable. It's just like this necessary evil. (laughs) It doesn't have to be that way. And I know for me, it wasn't that way in the beginning with nursing. Well, actually in the beginning, it kind of was, but in the the (laughs) middle, it wasn't, (laughs) I really did love, I I loved my hospice work, especially in the beginning. And there was a lot of years that I really um, that I really enjoyed that. And, and I, I, and I was good at it, but boundaries were a big issue with me. I didn't have any, and I just found so much of my identity in that. And it was at a time when we had six kids at home and, and I was, I was struggling with parenting and just normal Mm -hmm. day-to-day life. And work was kind of an escape where, Hey, I could go. And people thought I was great. And kids don't always tell you how wonderful you are. (laughs) (laughs) Or what I'm, gee, mom, I appreciate you doing all that for me. The Brady Bunch they did, but, but in my house, it didn't happen like that real often. And so it was very easy to kind of, you know, go down that little, that slippery slope. So yeah, that, and that is exactly what it is. It is a slippery slope. And before that, it's like, boom, you're in, you're in burnout. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what is it that you do with people? I mean, so what is a burnout recovery coach? How do you, how do you yeah. approach this? So I like to approach it by, um, you know, having a first conversation with the individual, getting to know them where they're at. Um, are they in burnout? Are they start, you know, like what phase of burnout are they in? Are they in the deepest phase? Um, like I was, <laughs> I like to call mm-hmm. it, I was in the pit of despair, feeling like, cynical and I just didn't have anything left in me to give anyone, including myself. So I like to really try and, and assess where they where they're at and, and where they're struggling. And then it's really I'm taking them through the same process that I did, right? Like what is their biggest obstacle right now that they need help with? Mm-hmm. And then we we dig into, yeah, their core values, their beliefs. How did they get there? What is driving their burnout? Is it internal, external, a combination of both? And helping them really peel back the layers and kind of understand how they got to where they are, right? Mm -hmm. They know where they are, but they might not necessarily know how they got there. And then from there, we start looking at healthy habits that they need to build to help them recover from burnout. And so I believe there's like five components. So it's, it's mindset is a big piece of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People haven't figured it out. So, um, you know, changing your beliefs, um, working through any limiting beliefs that you have, if you're a perfectionist, you know, working through those tendencies or you're like, you're all or nothing and things like that. Um, it's movement. So getting people moving more, and it doesn't necessarily mean crazy exercise because when you're completely burnt out, you don't have the energy for that, but it Mm -hmm. starts slowly starting to get people up and moving a little bit looking at nutrition because that plays a big part and then it's also sleep and rest or recovery 
And I like to keep rest and recovery separate from sleep because they are separate. So there's how well are you sleeping at night, but then how much are you resting and recovering from your stress and the different stressors in your life? Because we're always going to have stress and it's how you deal with it and how you learn to deal with it. And that's going to predict whether or not um, you, how, how quickly you recover from your burnout, but whether or not you actually become burnt out again, because it can happen again, if you're not careful. So recognizing what your stressors are, putting plans in place to help figure out how to deal with those stressors in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you just really, it's a lot about problem solving and trial and error, like testing things out. Cause what works with one person might not work with another one. And it's really, when you're going through all that, that's what we're calling your healthy balance plan when you're done, right? Like these are the things that work for me to deal with my stress. This is the food that, you know, makes me feel good. These are the foods that when I eat, I don't feel so good. So I know when I'm stressed, I'm really definitely not going to eat those because it's going to make me feel worse. Mm-hmm. And th- these are the exercises and the amount of movement that I like to do. And these are the activities I like to do to rest and recover. So maybe you're like me and you like to bake, or maybe you like to color or draw or go dancing or something. And having those activities, I like them, like to have them create the, the list of things that they enjoy, that they Mm-hmm. love to do so that when you're feeling stressed you can go pick one of those activities and you know try and you know have some fun and bring those stress hormones down yes <laughs> and, and it's also about creating a bucket list because like you said we get so wrapped up in work that we forget there's other things out there that there's more to life than work so having those bucket lists of things that you want to do don't wait till you're retired start doing them now yes once you've once you've recovered and you start getting your energy back and your mojo back and your zest for life then you want to start tackling some of those things now because those are the things you're going to look forward to and they're going to help lower your stress levels right and my list has has things on it that I mean there's the big things like I want to go to Italy and I want to see the northern lights and not at the same time but um I don't think that would work, <laughs> but, um, but you know, there's, there's like all of these big things, but then it's little things too. And I kind of like yeah. to divide my list up and have some of the clients that I work with kind of divide their things up too. So, you know, what are the things that you like to do that are, that are free or that take 10 minutes and yeah, you know, exactly. what could you do in a day or a weekend? It doesn't have to be these huge. Sometimes I think yeah. when we hear bucket list, it's like, oh, it's gotta be this. I'm going to go skydiving and I'm going to, and all those things may be on your list, but my, my friend who now has passed away, she, one of her things was she wanted to walk barefoot in a stream. And, and we did that not knowing at the time that she was going to only be with us for about a year or more. And so it's just those, it's just those little things that, Mm -hmm. that we feel like, you know, oh, well, I'm going to do that later or I'll get around to that. And then, um, you know, I mean, time, time is going to pass either way. And, and the older I get, I'm getting ready to next week. I'll be, um, uh, something I'll be 47 (laughs) and it's just, it does seem like time is starting to go faster. Oh, it does. It speeds up as you get older and it does. And and that's the thing we're always, whether it's your health or whatever, or your, the things you want to do, we're always pushing that off to, Oh, I'll get to it eventually after I do this long to-do list for work or or whoever else. And yeah. And as they say, you're not going to regret the work you didn't do. Mm. 
regret the experiences you didn't have. Yes, absolutely. And that's, uh, that's, that's something that I have really started, you know, focusing on more in the past several mm-hmm. years. And, and I feel like my life is a lot better because of that. And again, it doesn't have to be super expensive things, but, and, mm-hmm. and I love what you're saying too, with, so working in those five areas, it's not that's kind of my approach to self-care in general and stress relief in general is what is great to you. Like you mentioned baking, mm, not my thing that takes too yeah. much like precision mm-hmm. and I like to eat a lot. So that's, it's just kind of a dangerous combo, <laughs> but whatever it is that, that you really enjoy, which may be something that somebody else thinks, Ooh, why would you like to do that? Yeah. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's the things that you like. And Or if it's something that maybe everybody um, enjoys something and it's not something you enjoy or you enjoy it, but that it doesn't, it, you end up not feeling well, you eat or you drink a particular thing or you don't get enough sleep, you know, so just really slowing down, being mindful and taking the time to, to really explore those things. And try something new. Yes. And sometimes we find out things we don't like, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, well, I wish, you know, like I've been gluten-free now for, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years, a long time. And it's because it made me, I mean, it made me sick. And so I just, I got tired of feeling bad. And so I had some mm-hmm. testing and stuff done and found out, okay, yeah, you shouldn't be having gluten. There's times when I wish that I could just eat anything yeah. and not yeah. have to overthink it. And I've got some yeah. friends who are gluten-free and they'll kind of cheat every now and then with me, I feel like I've got the flu for about two weeks. I have stomach issues immediately. And then I've got like this brain fog and just yeah. feel kind of yucky. No, none of it is worth that to me. <laughs> no. And, and, and that's exactly it. That's learning and experimenting and figuring out what works for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. will be different than somebody else. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. And like, I always say balance is something different for everyone. Yes. Some people, find it relaxing, hanging out with their family, other people, not so much. Right. 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 And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe you look at incorporating more alone time to Mm -hmm. recharge and rebalance yourself. Right. And those bodies want to be in balance, right. As well. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, there's times when things, you know, maybe it's okay. I've been doing this for, you know, for two years and it's been going really well, but, but right now it's just not, you know, it's not working well for me. And, you know, you may be in a completely different season of life. Something may just have changed within you, but just kind of being able to accept that without judging yourself, without feeling any guilt about that, just accepting what it is that you need at that particular time. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I say the same thing too. Like people are like, well, what's the morning routine that I should be doing? Well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What, what gets you feeling good for the rest of the day? And you might have to experiment with a few things. Like I started doing, I, I told them I, I, I have a health coach as well. Right. Cause I believe people like even those of us who are in health and wellness, we also need a coach. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> to keep us accountable. And I said to her back in December, you know, like, Oh God, I don't, yeah, I'm walking every day, but I'm still kind of like dragging and stuff. And I feel like sitting too much. And she's like, have you tried yoga? And my first instinct was I hate yoga. (laughs) And she's like, she called me on it. Uh And she's like, do you really hate it? Or did you just hate the time you tried it? Like, like, have you really tried it? Right. And I'm like, well, I've tried it a few times and I just really didn't get into it. Blah, 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 blah. She's like, Okay. Well, you need to do some type of stretching because you're sitting. Mm -hmm. She's like, 
try this YouTube channel. She goes, I, I like her. She's like, and she's got videos, all different lengths and she's pretty good. And it's not the, you know, hold the pose for five minute type yoga. And I'm mm-hmm. okay, fine. You're right. You're right. You're right. As a coach, I know you're right. I like, I should, <laughs> before I, I, I don't hate it. And I said, okay, but I'm going to give it 30 days. It's like, you can't just try it once. Like certain mm-hmm. things you got to, before it becomes a habit, try it for a bit. And so I did, I tried it for 30 days, starting in January. And you know what? I actually didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. The first few times I begrudgingly did it. <laughs> but I found that it was like, oh, by the end of the 30 days, I'm like, oh, my back isn't as tight. Uh-huh. Huh. <laughs> do I do it every day now? No, but a couple times a week, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. it was like, for me, it's like, okay, let's change up the routine a bit because walking wasn't enough. So yes. what else can I add in? And Every so often, like you said, it can change with the season or wherever you are in your life. It's like, now I get up in the mornings and I do some journaling. I never thought I was a journaling type. Mm -hmm. These are all things I would have, you know, told you you were crazy and nuts in the past. Um, No, I don't journal. I don't can. Right. But right. Started. And that has also been part of the recovery process too. Mm -hmm going out of my way, trying things that I would have just written off before is going, oh, that won't work. Right. Right. So being open to experimenting mm-hmm. and taking it is like, I'm going to try it and I'm going to collect the data and see if it's actually working for me. And if not, I'm going to try something else. And right. Instead of just holding on to those beliefs that you've always held that you can't do this, you can't do that. I, I won't like this. I won't like that. So negative, right. Mm-hmm. Negative energy and right. trying to turn off those. I can't. I shouldn't. Well, and I, something that I've found um, over the past year or so, I really, it's probably gone on a little longer than that, but I've become more aware of it is that I would start things and I'm like, okay, you know what? I've got this perfect morning routine set up and then it would work well. And I keep adding things to it until I had kind of this overwhelming morning routine (laughs) and, and it would work for a while. And then sometimes just parts of that didn't really work anymore, but I was like, oh no, because you know, they, they say that this is what I should be doing. So, you know, so I've got to keep doing these things, even though I'm not really doing them, I'm just feeling guilty that I'm not doing them. And I have become like much more comfortable with quitting the things that aren't working for me Mm -hmm. anymore. And, and sometimes that means, um, just quitting them and going, okay, you know what, that was good for a season, but it's done now. Or, um, or sometimes it's, I never really liked that. (laughs) I just felt like it was something I was supposed to be doing. And, and sometimes it's, I just, I just need to take a break from it for a little bit because it's just not fitting in right now. And it's making me feel guilty and that's not how I want to feel. So just again, that kind of constantly Mm reevaluating, um, in a non-judgmental way where before I would feel like, oh, you know what? This is what I always do. I, I can't keep up with anything. Instead, just kind of accepting that this isn't something that I need right now. Yeah. This isn't what I need most at the moment. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. And that that's exactly what this process as well as taught me is like trying to learn to go with the flow. And it's again, being more present and in tune with what your body needs. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are days when I get up like the night before I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do all of this today. And then I get up and I start my day and it's like, 
oh, you know what? I'm not really feeling well today. Like I, my energy mm-hmm. is low, like Instagram, you got to film all these reels today. Oh, my energy is low. I probably shouldn't do that today because they're mm-hmm. not going to turn out well. And it's just going to frustrate me and cause my energy to, to drop even more. So let me reschedule that for a day when I'm right. feeling better. And let me focus on doing things that are going to help me replenish my energy so that I'm feeling like better tomorrow. Like, did I eat something yesterday that's impacting my energy mm-hmm. today? And then right. just trying to th- figure out like, or maybe I just had a bad night's sleep. Like mm-hmm. it happens, right? We're not always going to be high, high energy. And, and that's the other thing I've learned, right? I always thought I always had to operate up there all the mm-hmm. time. Yes. It, and learning allowing okay. yourself to be human is, <laughs> yes. is uh, Yes. I once once had somebody tell me I had two speeds fast and faster. And I was like, yeah. Um, And I said, well, it's actually three fast, faster and crash. Because Mm -hmm. I even, and that was like, I think 15 years before I hit burnout. Right. Like I knew myself, I was always push, 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 push. And then I would have these moments where these, or these weekends where I wouldn't get out of bed. I would just rest all weekend so I could get up and keep going. Mm-hmm. Monday morning. Yes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and little did I know that that was a pattern I was getting into and that it eventually just stopped working. <laughs> right. It's amazing what happens when we slow down a little bit and, and yeah. just start yeah. taking a look at the things that are going on in our lives. Ugh. Oh, I know. Yeah. I always used to wonder why I would always get sick when I take a vacation. Mm. <laughs> It's because I was be pushing so hard all year long that by right. the time vacation came, your body said, okay, thank you for stopping. We've been telling you for a while you needed to. Right. Yeah. And then yeah, you get I... so sick, you couldn't enjoy the vacation. And it's like, oh, well, I, why bother going on vacation? I'll just get sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I'm not sure think... that that's the lesson to take from that, but. <laughs> well, that was the, that was the mentality, right? right? Yes, it's I, like, I okay, I'm it. just going to get sick. I'm not going to enjoy it. My work's just going to pile up. So do I really go off on vacation now? Right. right. Just continue working. And then it's like, it's a vicious cycle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm so glad that you like me have for the most part, you know, have kind of come out on the other side of that. Yeah. And I know I still fall back into some of those same, um, those same patterns, those same traps. Sometimes, you know, I'll find myself kind of veering over that way, but I don't get nearly as far and I, you know, bring it all back in pretty quick. And, um, yeah, it's just, it is, it's so, it's so freeing. And I, I feel like it's so rewarding too, to be able to, um, you know, to give others hope. I work with primarily women and just helping them see that, it does not have to be this way. And it doesn't mean yeah. that you're being selfish. It doesn't mean that you're yeah. that you're being lazy or self-indulgent. Instead, it's a way to, when you take care of yourself, then you're able to show up as your best self, self. and help yeah. other people in the way that you want to. And, and yeah, and, so. and I think you're more authentic too. When you start taking care of yourself, Yes, you're really learning who you are. Mm-hmm. as a person. And like you said, you can show up better in the world. You can show up and be a better mother, be a better sister, um, yeah, daughter, whatever. Right. Yes. And do what you're meant to do. Cause you're going to have the energy and the focus to do what you want to do. If you're, if you're taking Absolutely. care of yourself, yes. right. Instead yeah. of tired and cranky and cynical all the time, which, mm-hmm. which is no fun for anyone. Like 
I'd always give my best at work and then be grumpy with the people that I cared about the most. Uh, like, me how, too. How is that a good life, right? I like, know. I know. And then you've got the guilt and it just kind of adds to all of that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, for me, burnout, people think I'm crazy, but I think burnout was a blessing for me, right? Because mm-hmm. it really got me to stop and and realize that um there's more to life than working yourself into the ground. Literally, that's what I was doing. Yes. And uh it's it's like you said, and now it's a blessing because I, I get to help other people. And you know, some people might wonder, well. I can't quit my job. So how can I get out of this? And and I say, well, it is possible. Your job might not be the factor that's causing you to be burnt Mm -hmm. out, right? You Mm got to really look at that, but you can find that balance and, and find and reignite. Like I, like I say, you can reignite your spark and your passion and your joy, whether it's for your career, your family, your life, all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And live a better, happier, healthier life. And you know, that's really what I want for everyone. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. So Michelle, thank you so much. Um, I do have two more questions for you that I ask everybody. So my tagline is never stop becoming the best version of you. Yeah. And so what does that mean to you? For me personally, that means continually learning and growing. Um, just becoming more me right? Mm -hmm. Learning about me and who I truly am. I think, like I said, for the most part of my life, I, I was living by other people's standards and expectations and I wasn't really being authentic to myself. So yeah, I think it's more about learning who I am and what I want and, and going after that and still taking care of myself. Ah, Nice. Mm -hmm. And so what is your favorite, uh, self-care practice? Mm. I love hiking and walking in nature. Mm. Yeah, I live in a beautiful part of the country now. I'm surrounded by mountains and we've got lakes and everywhere. And, you know, an hour drive, you can be at the Atlantic Ocean. So I love just getting out. I get out every day for a walk, um, even if it's just 20 minutes with the dog, my dad, and I'm plugged and just enjoy the sights and the sounds. So Nice. I, I love I love being out in nature too. There's just something that, you know, I, I just feel like for me, that's, it's not only the, the physical movement, but the, you know, being just in a different space as well. Plus I, I just connect to God more through nature. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I love that. So how do people find out more about you? Um, well, they can, um, I have a small website. Okay. <laughs> It's, uh, it, it's just a really a one pager, but it's www.michelleconnerycoaching.com. And it just, it has all my links to all my socials um, and a little bit more about me. So they can definitely connect through there. Um, plus I'm on Instagram and Facebook as coach Michelle Connery. So there we go. Wonderful. And I will make sure to, uh, to put those links in the show notes and, um, thank you so much. I, I just, I think it's so helpful for, for us to like normalize these conversations and, and help mm-hmm. women realize that they're not alone. And, you know, there, there is hope on the other side of that. Um, it does take a little bit of work, but the reality is I feel like it takes, once you figure out what to do, I feel like it takes less energy to, Mm -hmm. to do the work of that than it does Mm -hmm. to just try to keep pushing through on something when you're absolutely miserable. So I agree 100% (laughs) because 
all the blaming and the excuses, when you give those up, it's, it's so much easier to start shifting in, in the direction you want to go in. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I thank appreciate you. it. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Stressed out, but not sure how to change it? Decrease your stress in a week or less, even if you don't have much time or energy. Grab my brand new free seven days to less stress guide at jennylidle.com slash guide and uncover the secret to less stress without a lot of effort. You'll get the simple three-step framework for quick and easy transformation. You'll also discover how to have the biggest impact the fastest, develop a customized plan to use even on your toughest days, and pull it all together in a simple weekly plan. That's at jennylidle.com slash guide. Until next time, take a deep breath or two and never stop becoming the best version of you. Disclaimer, although I am a registered nurse, the medical and health information contained in this podcast is provided for general information and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice. Accordingly, before taking any actions based upon such information, I encourage you to consult with appropriate professionals. I do not provide any specific medical or health advice and the use of or reliance on any information contained in this podcast is solely at your own risk.